Hey everybody, welcome to We've Got the Beat, the podcast devoted to 80s entertainment for teens and beyond. I did it. I, I swear, I almost did it. <laughs> you are always so close. We Got the Beat, the podcast devoted to teen entertainment from the 80s and beyond. My God, why is that so hard? <laughs> why is it why so did hard? You, why did you make it so hard? I don't I know. Wish. Maybe I should say we, we Got the Beat. Fuck it. We Got the Beat. That's it. We're going to do that from now on. That, that'll so, that'll okay. stop it. If you don't know what the show is by now, then, um, hey, hi, welcome. <laughs> um, this so, is Shenanigans. <laughs> the, uh, this is typical for almost every episode that I fuck up the opening, and it's almost like it's necessary now. Like, the, people probably think it's shtick, like I'm doing it intentionally. Um, yeah. So, this episode is uh, our final Halloween episode. We're doing a zombie double feature of Warm Bodies and Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. And which would you like to start with? Uh, let's do Scout's Guide. Okay. Um, a movie that's almost too silly for its own damn good. <laughs> almost. Yeah, it's, is it? So, Warm Bodies does a good job of balancing both the humor and uh, and the heart and, and the fear. It literally made me tense because of stuff in it. But Scott's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse, I thought, was more comedy than anything else. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that, you know, it does mix some stuff, but it it is it does lean more towards the uh, almost absurd. Uh-huh. Yeah, almost like a spoof, yeah. But it's still, it's a wild ride. And it's sad that it didn't make very much money. It made basically what it cost. And part of it was, I think, the whole plan that they had. Uh, I think it was called Paramount Vantage. It was a very short-lived brand where I think they only did two movies where they released it. And then 30 days later, it was available video on demand. And I think uh, even on on some cable. So streaming services and stuff like that. And it was an experiment. Now it's completely normal post-COVID. Or it's not post-COVID. I got to stop saying that COVID still exists. COVID's still a thing. Um, It's it's post the height of COVID. Yeah, right. COVID still exists and it will always exist. Pre-vaccine COVID, when we had to shut down everything, um, so and that that changed the rules because all of a sudden everybody had to they had to keep the money coming in, so they had to start doing video on demand and limited releases, stuff like that. It yeah. was normal, but ten years ago this was not, and I think that kind of shot them in the foot because uh, doing research on this, a lot of the theaters refused to carry this movie it was originally supposed to be in 2000 screens i think they only got 1200 because a lot of companies balked at the 30-day thing i see well i understand it is a it, it could be definitely viewed as a slap in the face yeah you know especially then do you know what the very first movie to ever pull that video on demand or streaming or whatever with um theatrical at the same time it's way older than you could possibly think just tell me. Pirates of Penzance from 1983. They had one of the very first pay-per-view kind of channels um, was going to debut it at the same exact time it was in theaters and most theaters refused to carry it. So it was only on like 230 screens. That is such a shame. What a classy and quality film people were missing out on. I hope that it found an audience at some point. I yeah, mean, I don't think it did. None of us. Yeah. 
Some of us super dig it. <laughs> <laughs> Me, definitely. <laughs> yeah, you is the number one person I am referencing. So, um... I think it's interesting. There, the soundtrack to this is very hip hop, and for some reason, at the very end, they throw in uh, "Rocky Like a Hurricane" by Scorpions, and I was like, "What? Like you have a, a whole thing set, like a tone, song-wise, yeah. and you couldn't find a badass, you know, kick-ass song that was hip hop? That was weird to me." But uh, this is. I didn't think about that because I. I, I... Usually do notice stuff like that, but not not necessarily to the degree that you do. So I don't know. This uh, this was his love letter to all those movies from the eighties that uh, where the kids could do anything like Goonies and Monster Squad and Iron Eagle and stuff like that, and he found a way to do that, but make it like super gory and outrageous. Uh, and, yeah. and when I say he, I mean Christopher Landon, who is we've become huge fans of. Uh, I didn't really even know who he was until I looked through his filmography, and I'm like, yeah. okay, I've seen quite a few of these, and they're pretty great. And then I saw some new ones at your suggestion, and I gotta tell you, I'm now a big fan. What did I suggest? It was uh, Happy Death Day to You and Freaky, which I had never seen. Oh, oh, because the ones that we covered last time, right? Yes. Um, and I, he, like I said in the last uh, or two episodes ago, that he uh, he's taken over the Scream franchise, which I'm really excited about. Because, and we discussed the first four Scream movies, um, but the newer ones are kind of changing the rules. The patterns that we know I with the friends. I, I still haven't seen the newest ones. Yeah, I'm not, no, me. no, no, I wasn't going to spoil it because I knew you hadn't seen it, but I just love I the I know fact, you are, but. But I love the fact that he, all these guys are like just like rerouting the design of the franchise instead of doing the phoning it in just like every other one. Yeah, I do appreciate that because, you know, most, most series of movies it gets old you just like i like i just don't want to after so many and they just keep getting worse and worse and usually it's the same shit over and over again and i'm just like i'm done yeah i'm I curious like horror movies that much to begin with you know <laughs> yeah i'm curious if final destination this reboot will kind of rewrite the rules or it's just gonna phone it in just like it did before like saw they just keep doing these goddamn saw movies <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm yeah, off. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like that stuff. It's yeah. messed up. Oh, no. Too messed up. But I think, I think Chris Rolandon shows with these movies that he's able to handle that kind of thing. Um, I hope he does take it a little more seriously. It's it's more like um, Happy Death Day to You than Freaky and Scout's Guy because they're, they're kind of silly. Um, yeah. But uh, what I love about this is that it's unabashedly R-rated and outrageous, and it feels like you really can't do these kind of movies anymore because um, I think studios are afraid to go yeah. out on a limb and do something. Because this is still the very last gasp of like that whole hangover. Like, try to be as outrageous I, as humanly possible. I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think... I think sort of like Porky's. Need to... Before. Yeah, yeah, uh, but Porky's is a flaming pile of dog shit, and I hate that movie. I can't believe it's so good. You know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, t was it Ty Sheridan? Um, I always feel like that nobody knows exactly what to do with him because, especially as he's getting yes. older, um, he does. He's losing the cuteness quality. He's becoming a guy in his twenties now, and. I get the feeling that his career is going to pivot to supporting and villainous roles as he gets older. Well, he probably should. I mean, 
don't get yourself stuck up, stuck somewhere, you know? That's yeah. the hard part. Well, yeah, he, he did it. Well, his first breakout role, I think, was Mud. And so he does Mud and Joe with Nicolas Cage. And then I think this one's the next one. This is before he joined the X-Men. And, of course, uh, his big one was Ready Player One. I find him to be a very interesting actor because he is so versatile. And I don't know what to expect of him because he is an actor. He is not a uh, uh, a star is what I should say. Yeah, where they constantly just yeah. repeat themselves. Yeah, I don't think that, you know, the X-Men movies really did him any favors. Not that he wasn't, you know, it's not that he was bad. I just think they were just, eh. They just were just, eh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, once, um, not Brian Singer, the guy in the middle that rebooted the whole franchise that did Kick-Ass. I can't remember. Yeah. I can't remember his name in, in the, the spy movie. I can't remember that one. Why? My brain's not working today. Um... He's the one who kind of changed the franchise, and then Brian Singer. Do you mean Matthew Vaughn? Matthew Vaughn, son of a bitch. Thank you. I think he did a really good job because he guides the best, the best ones in that new franchise. And then Brian Singer comes back and basically just like, yeah, I don't give a shit. I'm just collecting his paycheck now. That's too bad. Um, I also don't know that he was really like the right person to cast in uh, Ready Player One, no. but. Yeah, I never. I think that, that all, most of the casting wasn't right, but that doesn't mean he was bad. No. I, uh, yeah, he, it seems like he does a lot. You know, he's done some bigger stuff, and then he's done all kinds of like you know TV, smaller things. It's like he's all over the place. Yeah, you should see and, the Night Clerk. It's he gives a very interesting performance um, in this kind of noir, okay. modern noir mystery movie. Okay. Um. What I think is funny is that Logan Miller, his uh, sidekick, almost steals the fucking show. I think he's goddamn hilarious. I feel like he was in something else of the where he was a scene steam, stealer. Like, something that we even, like, watched for the podcast, maybe. Maybe. I'm looking something through here, and I don't... And I was like, the only thing I knew him from was, like, Love, Simon. Yeah, I don't think I've really seen any of these movies, so it must have been something I have not seen. Maybe I made it up. Yeah, you liar. Entirely possible. Liar, I'm a liar. And Sarah Dumont, who really was surprised me in this, is that she didn't become the love interest. That because that's usually what they do with these movies. But you know. Yeah, but I'm glad they did. Yeah, as I say, because she's much older. She's like what, ten years older than them, or something like that. And not. Sure, how much older she's supposed to be? Yeah. At least I would say a minimum of five years older, but it just it wouldn't really make any sense. I I almost would rather see a movie with her as the main because she got she had her shit together and she was just like kicking everybody's ass and she was the real leader. I thought that was really uh, fun to watch. Yeah, it is a really interesting dynamic with these three derpy high school kids and then this you know older uh worldly i mean i don't know that she really was worldly but they viewed her as such you know lady and nobody took advantage of anybody and they were a team well they, they did take advantage of the the zombie who was coming through the gates and her boobs popped out and he runs up well, and them. fair enough <laughs> all uh, right how is it that David Koechner has survived this long, considering that he was fired from SNL after one season? It's amazing his longevity. Uh, 
This may be my favorite thing he's ever done. Really? What I, a goofball. I fucking I don't know. I just think it's so funny that, like, so many of the characters he plays is, are just so obnoxious and so unlikable and just, like, weirdly, un, undeservedly, um, sorry, the word is right there, competent. Like, he has this weird unexplainable confidence that he shouldn't really have uh-huh. and it's so i just find him most of the time really obnoxious he is and usually like a tool it, yeah it was kind of weirdly sweet then <laughs> 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 the, the stuff they do to him is just horrifying the whole movie spoilers they never technically kill him even though <laughs> they burn him they shoot him they blow him up <laughs> Yeah, he, Just, he, t- he takes it all in stride. Yeah, I think most people probably know him as an asshole from either The Office or uh, Anchorman. Where he'll, Whammy! <laughs> yeah, I'm just, he has such a punchable face. Yeah, and, and so this movie is very fast-paced, very wacky, and gory as shit. But I gotta tell you, there's a moment in this that made me, like, in tears, hysterical laughing because I couldn't believe they did it. And that's the trampoline scene. Ripping a dick off of a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I, uh, I thought the part in the in the bathroom was really funny. Where he's like, gonna try to, tries to get him through the window when he's like, taking the crap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's something cute and charming about the guys. Um, I mean, there's nothing really special about it. I think it's just a really well done no. horror comedy. Why is it that horror comedies just don't sell? Like, in the 80s, there was this brief moment where it happened, and then never really again. This kind, of, it kind of, this one kind of reminds me, I think, of last year, we did, the, we covered this one, or recently, The Freaks of Nature. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. It kind of reminds me of that, and I had, you know, uh, hadn't seen either one of them. Somehow, neither one was on my radar, even though they both then, you know, came out, I mean, like. Freaks of Nature came out in, like, 2015. Uh-huh. So, uh, even though comedy, horror, mashups are my bread and butter, I somehow missed two, you know, pretty enjoyable films, so... Yeah, but if you look in the 80s... Don't sit on it, you guys. In the don't 80s, it. it just sold, like, crazy. You had Ghostbusters, yeah. Gremlins, American War from London, House, you know, and, and on and on, and then it just kind of petered out... Even the the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies got funny because he started doing the one-liners, and right. something changed. And Scream, there is some humor, but if you were to categorize it, it is a, it is a straight up slasher film, like a horror film, and just yes. happened to have funny moments. But we were watching The Frighteners, and everybody I know that's seen it absolutely adores it. But for whatever reason, people like the mainstream audiences just like, nah, I don't want, I don't want silly in my, you know, I don't want uh, peanut butter in my chocolate. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Um. But but I am not, I'm not like a traditional horror movie enthusiast. Yeah, so I wonder. I think, I, for me, I need that soft, you know, that to soften the blow for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes that makes it even scarier because you're not prepared for it. It throws you off. Yeah. Um. But also, I think a lot of those movies take more time in developing the characters and less on the feel. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, those are that's one of my favorite as well, and it just seems like they're dumped constantly. I mean, every once in a blue moon, you get one that does okay, like Cabin um, in the Woods is pretty funny, mm-hmm. even though it's scary. But like, you know, for every one of those, you have a million, t- uh, you know, Dale and Tucker versus Evil. Tucker and Dale right. versus Evil, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I can move on to the next film now, because there really isn't much else to say. I just think it was a fun ride. Yeah, it's fun. Like, it's, you know, I think that it's, uh, repeatable and is enjoyable enough to watch, you know. Maybe not every Halloween. Yeah, I was going to say, there's not. a couple every, things that are pretty raunchy. Years. Huh? There's a couple parts that are pretty raunchy. Yeah, well, whatever. I'm uh, all grown up, it's fine. I'm shocked that our second film was PG-13. You really have to pay attention and realize there is hardly any blood. There really isn't yeah. any gore factor. Oh, yeah. And I'm guaranteeing you this got sold on paper to Summit as a new Twilight. Twilight with zombies. But God damn yeah, it, it's, it's so much better than Twilight. Sweet Jesus. Oh, I mean, I saw this movie at the theater. I saw this, and I own a copy. I've seen it probably eight to ten times. Really? I mean, yeah. This is only the second time yeah. I've seen it. And I, I, I appreciated it more now than I did then. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's such a, it's, it's really, a, truly a smart movie. Um, I will say it was a book first. I haven't read the book, but uh, I don't know if, you know, that has anything to do with it but what a what a twist on the zombie genre yeah what an amazing a genre that totally i different a genre that i'm exhausted with and you know i always yeah. had issues with the zombie franchise because i saw dawn of the dead and return of the living dead kind of young and for some reason it really affected me and so i wouldn't even go near zombie movies it took Shaun of the dead to bring me out of that horrifying terror i mean literally i would be obsessed with like <laughs> i was working at a gas station and thinking okay so if a zombie attack happens here where will i climb you know where would i go like what kind of fucking madness is that that's insane um i, I guess it made it smart yeah um but i think that uh, there's a vein of these zombie movies that i really like because it still remembers the humanity um I think a lot of them, like the new Dawn of the Dead is pretty great, but there's, it's missing the humanity for the most part. And I think here's my problem with a lot of zombie movies and why people like zombie movies, I think is the bigger problem. Um, I think there's a lot of us in this world that look forward to something like a zombie apocalypse so they can kill, they can find a reason to kill other people and it's okay. Really? You're, I'm not kidding. So um, about 12 years ago, I went around work and I worked at a very big place, and I was asking everybody, if you had a choice of apocalypses, what, what would you do? Like a zombie apocalypse, uh, no electricity, um, uh, you know, like a Mad Max kind of uh, apocalypse, which of those three would you do? And nearly every single person said zombie apocalypse. I said no electricity, because then I can at least still read, and there's still humanity, you know? I mean, there might be some fighting. <laughs> No, because I'm telling idiot. you, I'm telling you, it's it's a it's a harsh reality, and I especially think like younger, especially dudes, they want to kill. Oh. It's part of their DNA. They need to destroy or kill something, and this is the only way they would it would be okay for them just to kill uh, other human beings. Uh, I mean, I guess yeah, 
that's why there's so many purge movies because yes yes and pe- fantasy. there are people who would love to have a night of purge i've heard it too yeah it's just it's so bizarre to me but this movie really gets down to the brass tacks of who we are as people it's not eager to show you killing the zombies in fact it kind of shies away from it even more so than Shaun of the dead um it's it kind of has um a flinching quality to just killing uh and, and I, I respect that because it's so easy to just to phone that in to get, you know, like the action fans or the people who just want to see gore. And it's not mm-hmm. interested in that. It's about who we were before this happened and who we could be again. I, I feel like it's a metaphor for drug usage. Maybe. I didn't really think about it because apparently I'm not a very deep person. But that makes a lot of sense. Because... It feels like the virus is the addiction, and some people throw you away afterwards, especially if you become homeless, which these zombies are. And they're just wandering around. I mean, if you've lived around a lot of homeless people, they have a slight... Some of them have a zombie quality as they're just, like, going through their life, you know, just roaming the sidewalk, you know, just slogging along. They don't know what to... You know, and... And this is about, like, they can be rehabilitated. They can be saved. They can go back to normal life if we give them an opportunity. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Man, you're deep. Sometimes. Sometimes I'm dumb as a box of rocks. <laughs> Meh. But, and I think a lot of it comes down to the performances, too. I really... And Nicholas Holt is another guy where I'm not sure people know what to do with, but he is clearly a fucking star. Oh my gosh! I mean, I think that isn't he also an X Men? Yeah, he was an X. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, he was the Beast. That's right. Um, you know, I've been watching him act since he was probably twelve. You know. Yeah, yeah. About a boy was like his breakout, right? Yeah, God, he's so brilliant in that. But this, and then you know, he maybe maybe this was the one of the first movies I saw him in. You know, like as an older person trying to find his way in Hollywood or whatever, but I mean, I don't know if people are watching movies with him, but I've seen a bunch of the stuff that he's in, and he is, like, so charismatic and so interesting, and, like, I mean, have you seen The Menu? Oh, oh yeah, God. absolutely. <laughs> like, God! I, I'm looking right now, and, um... He's in a movie with Ty Sheridan coming up soon uh, called The Order. Oh. So that's interesting uh, turn of events. Here's the thing is, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's, they do know what to do with him, but he doesn't want to follow that pattern. Because if you look at his filmography, he's basically doing like these oddball stuff. Even when it's like superhero stuff, he's giving an oddball performance, something that you'll remember. You know, he's in Mad Max, yeah. but he didn't take one of the bigger roles. You know, he's Beast and... Um, Where's the other one? He's going to be in the new, the apparently the final Clint Eastwood movie called The Juror. And uh, he, he just got, well, the Juror, Juror. He's in Renfield, and then he's going to be in Nosferatu. <laughs> I mean, Renfield, Renfield was epic. Oh, epic. I haven't seen it. I got to see it. Now he's playing, he's voicing uh, John Arbuckle in the Garfield movie. <laughs> 
Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to say. People just, you know, you don't know what's going to be a hit. You just, you know, you hope you, I'm assuming he takes movies that he thinks are interesting and just hopes that somebody watches it. And I personally think he's fantastic, but you know, I don't, I don't necessarily have the same interests or taste as the, the average person. Right. I think in the end, if you're doing the movies that you want to do, that will seem more honest than doing the safe stuff that'll you know keep your career afloat or give you the big paydays. Um, yeah. But I, I and I think Teresa Palmer is another one where somehow she slipped through the cracks. She is yeah. a top-notch leading lady, and yes, she is. there's she had a few things like you know the Sorcerer's Apprentice and around this time. But, you know, she is a mother of, like, three or four now, and, and so she kind of balances the acting with that. And sometimes when you're a parent, you try to pick TV jobs, and that looks like what she's been doing. That way you can stay closer to home instead of traveling all over the yeah, world. Yeah, I mean, you know, that the TV show that she most recently was on, The Discovery of Witches, you know, I think that was, like, a, a logical... Uh, thing to choose because those move, those books when they were, came out were like massive. Oh, I never, I you didn't know? know they were books. Wow. Yeah, it was like it was a massive like adult fantasy uh, series, and I think that that you know it's, to me that it seems like a logical risk. You know, not that much of a risk. Um, and there's like good actors in it. Matthew Good is like her you know, the, the guy she plays opposite. Okay, we just say. we just watched Matthew Good absolutely destroy in that miniseries <laughs> The Offer on Paramount Plus. He's so goddamn I, good. I have been a fan of his for a very long time. And you know, he may seem kind of, you know, a bit vanilla uh in his proper Britishness, but uh, I don't know. I've always been a bit, been a fan, but I will tell you that Discovery of Witches is like super cheesy. Like it's a super like I don't know. If I, I haven't read the books. I don't know how closely they are to the vibe of the books, but it is like super cheesy soap opera. <laughs> oh really? So is it intentional or they don't realize? I'm, I don't I'm sure know. they're aware. Yeah. I have no idea, but like I watched the first season and giggled through most of it, so yeah. I don't know. But she's I'm not, I'm she, not saying it isn't fun, but she's definitely a good actress. I just So have you seen Lights know. Out that she stars have in? Have I seen have I seen what? Lights Out? No, I don't think so. Okay, so it's a James Wan production. It's not connected to the Conjuring okay. universe, but he's using his power at Warner Brothers to do this. And she takes care of her niece, and she brings along this poltergeist, this, this parasite ghost or whatever it is, and its weakness is light. Kind of like Darkness Falls, and she has to constantly keep her and, and her uh, niece or whatever in the light no matter what, or, or it'll come and uh, destroy them. It's he. She yeah. gives a fantastic performance in it. That sounds pretty creepy. Uh, it's a, it's like those. I found it at the Dollar Store. So if you have a Dollar General or whatever, not Dollar General. It says it's Dollar on Dollar. Netflix. Oh okay. Um, is this the only time that Rob Corddry has been tolerable? Because <laughs> he's always a fucking douchebag. Um, it's quite possible because he, yeah, he's very similar 
to David Kochner and that he is just almost always a D-bag. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I what just... What is it about you that says punch me? He just it just does. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anything else of his I've ever watched. <laughs> Well, and they add new mythology to the zombie universe, the fact that they can talk to each other, even though it's very limited. Uh, the fact that, mm-hmm. you know, that love, or not just love, but like human emotions, like re-triggering yeah, that. Yeah, connection. Will kick, yeah, will kickstart your heart back up and, and, and remember who you were. And I gotta tell you, I was unnerved the whole movie. He handles the zombie stuff, even though there are some funny moments. I was truly terrified because, well, A, because I have that fear, but also, like, I thought they did a really good job. And whatever those, uh, the skeletons, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, that was really unnerving. I think it did a good job of bringing some scary stuff into a PG-13 movie. Yeah, I, you know, I think it's one of those movies that really balances the scary and the heart, like Shaun of the Dead. Because, like, I mean, I don't cry every time I watch this movie, but, uh, it, you know, it has a lot substance what do you think R's real name is because they never reveal it I don't I don't know I mean just have you assigned a name I I, I just call him Robert well I was my brain was saying Robert but I you know I, I, I don't I don't think my brain wanted to fill in that blank either okay I do like the fact that um that a studio really backed this, that it was critically acclaimed, that it got good box office. And, you know, they didn't... Dis- I mean, I know there's more books. There's a prequel and two sequels, and I guess they could do it, but, I mean, what more story do they have to tell? They told the- what they needed to, I believe. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of surprised. I didn't know that there was other books, and I don't know that I would... Oh, it's the this this is an article from July 18th. Warm Bodies Two potential story if it's happening and everything we know. Yeah, they've been saying that about World War Z too. You know that they that's been in pre production for a decade, but they they I think they told the story, and I don't think they need to continue going on that path. Sometimes yeah. sequels just aren't necessary, even though they made a lot of money. It just some if you have legitimate room to move story-wise then yes but a lot of times i feel like you're just repeating yourself yeah i don't i just don't honestly know what the point would be uh that you know it 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 had a full story arc there's no cliffhanger here there's no questions you know they 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 found a cure they figured it out they can re-establish humanity you know a, a, a civilization at, you know start building it back up again yeah. yeah I don't that's weird I don't think I like that and I do like I and look I and no, you're not a real horror fan if I actually want some satisfaction at the end I want there to be hope um I think too many horror movies always have that... How dare you? They have that stinger at the end, like, ha-ha, it's back, and it's never going to really... I was like, well, we went through all that for nothing. I think... Yeah, but you know how many of those stingers don't even make sense? Yeah. A lot of times it it feels like they were done as reshoots or something like that. Or, oh, it's it's not real horror if it has any humanity or whatever. They got to slice and dice or whatever. Like, I really... As much as I liked 99% of the movie, even though it's extremely brutal, that Hills Have Eyes remake... Um, yeah. You go through hell with them, and then at the end they show this other guys are looking through binoculars at them. You're like, God damn it! And I just feel like I wasted two and a half hours. You know, I just 
Yeah. I don't like that kind of shit. I want to know at least some sort of breather, you know? <laughs> so, um, I think that's it about those. I think I really recommend both, but Warm Bodies, the highest. It is, it is a top, maybe a top 10. Oh, it, it, it's so it is good. a top notch film. Um, definitely in the, it, it, definitely in the zombie arena, but also just, you know, a no scary movie in, you know, anything for the season like you don't even need to have it for halloween yeah it's just a good ass movie well and it's interesting is jonathan levine seems like he has an ear for doing this kind of movie but he's never gone back and done anything like this he just still does the silly comedies like the night before and the long shot um what's the one I mean, that goldie oh, yeah. hawn and uh what's her face got kidnapped um Oh, that snatched. I never saw it. I thought it looked so fucking terrible. It, it was not good. I didn't good. want to waste my time. Yeah. I, I will say the TV series, that he he's done a, a few series for Hulu. Uh, Nine Perfect Strangers was really good. Okay. Uh, it was very good. And it's definitely, you see people playing um, off character, like uh, Melissa McCarthy was in it. And this is a pretty serious um, not silly series. Yeah. And they did a really good job, I think, of, um, it was good. Yeah, it's, it's, it also has Samara Weaving in it, who is amazing. So he did, uh, 50-50 right before this. So it shows that he has a knack oh. for balancing humor and serious stuff. And I kind of wish he would just go, you know, if that's what he's doing with the show, then I'm going to watch it because I think he has a really good, um, ear for balancing the two. Yeah, apparently he really likes Seth Rogen. Yeah, well, I mean, if you <laughs> if you collaborate with someone really well, I guess, you know, why not? Why constantly search for a lead, you know, and you're not sure if you're going to connect? That's why a lot of actors and directors do that. So he also directed All the Boys Love Mandy Lane. Oh, I, remember, I didn't know I that. I remember how much buzz was about that. That was, like, the first movie he directed it yeah like. that's remember that sat on the I, shelf for like five years or something i do I, but i remember how people talked about it somehow for five years well festivals though, it played the no, festivals first i guess yeah it, it definitely got attention and i heard people talk about it for years before it ever was available to watch yeah i know we watched it but i can't remember a damn thing about it i i, I cannot confirm that i have seen this movie i do not think I no have. i watched it with you <laughs> <laughs> You're at your place. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> About ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, I just don't remember. You have exactly. a better, you have a better memory than I do. So I, I don't know who you are right now and uh, <laughs> what your name is, but yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> All right, that is it for this episode, everybody. Thank you, and have a wonderful Halloween. <laughs>